Well, what a great sense of God's presence in this place today. And, uh, you know, we must never, never, never take that for granted. Um, we get the privilege to do this. We get the privilege to do this, to sense his presence. It changes everything. And... Um, Lord, come in this place. Greater measure. Greater measure. Lord, we just come before you right now, and we just want to extract from your word something for our hearts today that will put us on course to experience and know the fullness of this life that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, you will know if you've been around the last couple of months, we've been doing a little series on, on finance and background to that. And this is a little bit linked with that. And it's, um, you know, if we want to know God's blessing in our lives, how many know we, we really need to take notice of what God is saying in his word? And the challenge with that comes over and over again. Uh, or at least does with me. There are certain things that God puts his finger on in my life every now and again, and you go, ouch. Huh? And it's like God is just prompting me to, to take a look at something or maybe address something. Uh, and I, 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 this morning, want to talk about the whole issue of honesty. Honesty and integrity. I'm going to link those two things. They're almost interchangeable when you look into God's Word. Um, and the challenge for us as human beings, I think, is summed up very well in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, where it says, the heart is deceitful above things and beyond cure. Oh, dear. <laughs> Something's beyond cure. Who can understand it? And when we look at our lives and we look at humanity, how many of us know that as, a human, as the human race, we, we, we're quite self-centered? We, we are very much uh, interested in self-preservation. Yeah? As a, as a default position, humanity... That is the case, isn't it? And I think that is a constant challenge for us. We were hearing from Tyrone earlier about the struggle and the challenge. And, and that comes every now and again, doesn't it? Um, and God has some things to say about that. And, you know, you look in the Old Testament and it's quite severe. And you think, thank God for the New Testament. Thank God for, that we're living in the day of grace. Thank God uh, that Jesus has provided a way for us. But I'll say, there is a challenge for us in the New Testament church, which we are a part of today. And if you read in Acts chapter 5, those first 11 verses, it talks about two people, one called Ananias and his wife called Sapphira. And at that time, the church and the people were, were selling property and goods and, and bringing it to the apostles' feet, and, and it was being distributed for welfare and looking after people. And they were doing that, and, and Ananias and Sapphira got involved, involved in that. And Ananias brings some money, and he, and he puts it at Peter's feet. And, uh, but it wasn't all that he said he was going to bring. He kept some back. And Peter challenges him on this, and he, he says in verse 4 of chapter 5, he says, you have not just lied to human beings, but you've lied to God. Uh, I mean, how much? I mean, lying to human beings is serious. Lying to God is super serious. <laughs> and a moment later, the guy drops dead. Wow. 
This is in the New Testament. This is in the day of grace. Then three hours later, his wife turns up and they ask her, and she said, oh yeah, that was the amount of money we got for the property. She drops dead. Wow. We were singing a song earlier on, and I stand in awe of you. I think the church of Jesus Christ at that moment stood in awe. In fact, the Bible says that great fear came upon the church. But it also says, and great numbers were added to the church, almost in the same phrasing. Um, As people of God, I think it's a great challenge to us to live that right life with integrity and honesty. And I want us just to dip into that a little bit this morning. Because Chronicles, uh, 1 Chronicles 29, verse 17 said, God rejoices when he finds integrity in our hearts. I think I'd rather live with that scenario than the other one. So let, is he finding integrity in my heart? Proverbs uh, 2, verse 21. Those who have integrity will remain in the land. It's a sense of promise. If you want to have the blessing of God on your life, Live a life with integrity and honesty. And I think throughout Scripture, we find God calling us to live holy lives, lives of honesty and integrity. And particularly as children of God, I think there's a call on us to exhibit something in our day and generation, in the society in which we live, that is of a different order. Titus 2, Paul says to Titus in verse 7, let everything you do, and I will put this in parenthesis then, it might, this is my words, whether in public or in private, how many of you know you can all put on an act, but however you are, whether in public or in private, reflect the integrity and, secret and seriousness of your teaching. And then if you have responsibilities within the body of Christ, huge, huge thing that, that um, Paul says in 1 Timothy 3.8, deacons or office holders in the church must be people who are respected and have integrity. The challenge is on to live with that in mind and to live that lifestyle. So I want us to look at one or two characters from Scripture. And uh, the first one I want us to look at is Daniel in the Old Testament. Uh, In Daniel chapter 5 there, you find the story of a king, a Babylonian king called Belshazzar, and he's giving a great banquet for a thousand nobles. Now, some of us were at a wedding yesterday, and it was an absolutely fantastic wedding, and there were a couple of hundred guests sat trying to eat in, in a tent. It was quite cozy um, in terms of the, the people serving, had a bit of a struggle to get around the tables. There were about 200 guests. So it was five times that if you were there yesterday. So a big, big banquet. And... Um, the king, Belshazzar, he gave an order and he said, he said, let's, let's do this in style. He said, bring the gold and bring the silver goblets out of the, the, that we got out of the temple at Jerusalem and let's use those for this banquet. And so they do and they start to serve wine and they start to drink and scripture tells us that they praise, they, they began to praise the gods of gold, of silver, of wood and uh, stone and iron. And then all of a sudden, fingers appeared. The image of fingers on the wall appeared and writing started to come. And it freaked as it would. The king out and all his thousand nobles. Not knowing quite what to do, he said, call for the astrologers, call for the uh, 
the wise guys in the, in the nation, let them come and, and interpret what this writing means. And they come along and they said, we've never seen anything like this before. Uh, this wasn't in the code book. We've not got the uh, interpretation for this. The queen hears about this and she goes into the king's presence and she said, don't panic, your majesty. There is a guy. There is a guy. And verse 12 of chapter 5 of Daniel says, he has an excellent spirit. In the authorized version, he uses that phrase and I love that phrase. He has an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding and he's able to interpret dreams. Now let Daniel be called and he will show you the interpretation. I do believe that honesty and integrity equal an excellent spirit. And I, I like the word excellent as well in there. Excellent. De dictionary definition says, of the highest order, the finest quality, exceptionally good. Just to underline it. So somebody with an excellent spirit. Also in the Old Testament, you remember the time when Moses sent the 12 spies in to look into the promised land and to just sort of see, are we able to do this? Are we able to go into this promised land uh, that God has said will be ours? And of course they go and 10 of them come back and say, mm-mm. And two of them come back and say, yeah, we can do it. And one of them's Caleb and the other one's Joshua. And Caleb, it talks about Caleb. And in Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, uh, God is speaking about Caleb. And this is God. And he says, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit the land. Here's a guy with a different spirit. Similar to um, Daniel with an excellent spirit. Here's a guy with a different spirit. In a world that lacks moral values, how many of you believe we need a different spirit in the church of Jesus Christ today? that stands often against the, the deluge, as it were, of moral decline, of not working and living according to God's word. And here we have this story of these 12 who come back, 10 of which, I didn't work out the percentage, but it's pretty high, 10 out of 12 were coming back with that bad report. And only two said, yeah, God says we can do it, we can do this. We can do this. A different spirit. An excellent spirit. People of integrity. People of honesty. John Maxwell, the well-known um, management uh, trainer, encourager, uh, etc., his books have been read by thousands of people around the world. His training courses have been done by, by many, not only in the church, but in business. And he writes this. He says, integrity is not what we do so much as who we are. And who we are determines what we do. How many of you actually believe that's true? Um, we all find conflicts and challenges, don't we, in life. We all got those struggles that Ty was talking about, and things that we have to face, circumstances we have to deal with, you know, those calls and, and encouragements to come for prayer this morning. A lot of that was around those issues. Um, and when we're going through the tough stuff, I always say, and you've probably heard me say this before, it's, it's not so much of how we act, it's how we react 
that tells really where we're at. How many of you know if you're going to act and do something, you are thinking about it before you do it? But when you react to something, it's a reflex action. It's like what's in you comes out. And with the best will in the world, sometimes that can trip us up. The Apostle Paul, he faced the same issues. Romans 17, verse 15, he says, I don't really understand myself. You ever have the morning like that? I don't really understand myself. He says, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Oh, you're very holy. That's fantastic. I'll finish now. But honesty and integrity, if it's lacking, will show through. If it's there, it will show through in those reaction moments. And particularly when we face challenges and adversity. You know, uh, we all go through stuff, as I say. One of the fascinating stories in Scripture for me is the, is the life story of Job in the book of Job. And when you read that, if you've never read it, I encourage you to read it. Um, and don't give up. It's quite a difficult book to read and plow through, but don't give up till you get to the last chapter because the last chapter is really good, okay? But in chapter one, it, it, it sort of um, introduces Job, this character, and uh, Job 1 and verse 6, and it's a fascinating story. It says, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing, Satan says? Have you not put a hedge around about him and his household and everything he has? You've blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and his herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And in the subsequent few verses, you read what begins to happen. Job's uh, sons and family were all gathered together, uh, and they were celebrating and having a party. And Job was somewhere else. He didn't say where he was. But then a, a servant comes to Job, and he says, he says you're not going to believe this. There's a bit of a nightmare scenario taking place. We've had some raiders come in. They've taken all the camels. As this guy speaking, another servant comes in, and he said, you're not going to believe this. There's been a violent wind come through, and, and it's causing havoc. And uh, you know, we, we're in a real problem. And, that, and then another servant comes in and says, the house where all your family is celebrating, it's collapsed, and I'm the only one who got out. And there's a catalog of things, one after the other, after the other, after the other. And it seems like Joseph, uh, uh, Job and his wife are the only ones who are left, and these one or two servants who, who managed to escape some of these challenges. Again, I haven't got time to unpack it all, but... This is Job's response in the midst of it all, how he reacted at that moment. He fell to the ground and he worshipped. And I look and I think, I wonder if I'd have done that. 
He fell to the ground and worshipped. All his possessions had gone. His family, apart from his wife, had been taken from him. And he was a wealthy man. Significant influence. All taken away in a moment. And he fell down and worshipped the Lord. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. There's a song we sing with that line in. Isn't there? I don't know whether we understand the gravitas of it. In all of this, it says, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. He kept integrity and his heart right before the Lord. Wow. Lord, may I have something of that spirit in my life. And then in the next chapter, you find a similar scenario where Satan appears to the Lord again. Uh, and the Lord says, uh, have you considered my servant Job? Look, he's been through all of that, and he's still worshipping me. He's still a man of integrity. There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity. And God then allows um, Job to be inflicted himself. The Bible says he's inflicted with sores from head to foot. And it's a very sorry picture. And Job's wife turns up in, in chapter 2 and verse 9, and his wife says to him, Are you still holding on to your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? Wow. Thanks, love. Hmm. And Job realized, I think over and over again, and it actually states it in chapter 6, verse 29, it says that Job realized his integrity was at stake. You ever feel like your integrity is at stake? There's stuff kicking off around you, and it's like, how I respond to this? How I respond to this? My integrity is at stake. I do believe there is a battle going on for our honesty and integrity in this world in which we live to keep that excellent spirit. And he says, and you go through chapter after chapter, and you have to see so-called friends who, hmm, well, anyway, we won't go there. But he says in chapter 27, verse 5, he says, I will not, I will not deny my integrity. I'm going to keep steadfast to the Lord. Um, just like Rebecca now, I'm going to skip one or two screens, okay. I might do that one anyway. Eisenhower, the commander of the D-Day landings, he made this quote one day, and he said, the supreme quality of, an, of a leader is unquestionable integrity. Unquestionable integrity. <laughs> if a man associates himself, uh, sorry, if a man's associates find him guilty of being phony, if they find that he lacks forthright integrity, he will fail. His teachings and actions must square with each other. How many of you know that is really true? And I think there's a challenge, and particularly where we have responsibilities in the church of Jesus Christ for leading things, for 
opportunities within the church to, to serve him, then there's a huge call on our lives for integrity. And you might be thinking, David, this is really heavy. I stand in awe of you, Lord. We've been singing it. What is awe? It's that mixed feeling of reverence, fear, and wonder. I do believe, though, honesty can be developed. Good news. Three. The message translation talks uh, in Ephesians 1 verse 4 it says, long before he laid the earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made holy and whole by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ, with all our failings, with all my failings, and even with all yours, to be adopted into his family. We are saved. We've said it, and we've said it within this series that we're doing. We are saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. And I've said before, you know, I am not the end product, but I'm not what I was. God's working on my life. I'm not yet what I will be, but I'm on a journey, and so are you. And that struggle that, that Tyrone was talking about earlier, is, it can be so real, can't it? Uh, but God wants to help. I believe God wants to help us. First of all, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on a cross for us that we can have access to the Father. We can come into his presence. That moment when we accepted that and asked for the forgiveness, um, everything changed. You and I were all of a sudden brought into the family of God. It means you were included. Well, somebody say amen. Yeah, come on. It's a done deal. But I think it's important that we know our position in Christ, that we understand that, even with all our foibles and even in those struggle days, that we know that we know that we have received a holiness from God, that we have an integrity because of Jesus Christ. It's because of him that we've made, been made righteous and holy, it says in 1 Corinthians 1.30. The blood of Jesus sanctifies us from all sin. But I think there's a, and that's, that's a statement of fact, but I think there's a thing there as well where am I willing to keep on that journey? Am I willing to continually be made holy and to journey that out with the Lord's help? Hebrews, the writer in chapter 12 says in verse 14, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy because without holiness, no one will see God. Make every effort. So there's some effort on our behalf. There's some things that we have got to expend some energy on in endeavoring to be holy. But good news, God wants to help us. God wants to help us. Let God transform us. How do we do that? We do what we've been doing this morning. We come and we worship and we allow the presence of God to affect our lives. If the presence of God doesn't affect your life, you are probably dead. I'll skip some things. Isaiah. Let's just think about him for a moment. Isaiah chapter 6. Some well-known verses from 1 through 8. And he's, he, he has this encounter with God. And he said, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And, and 
there were seraphim and, and they were flying around and they had wings and faces, and, but they were crying, holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook. Can you imagine these posts and the, the doors shaking? And it said a smoke filled the temple. And Isaiah said, woe to me, I cried. I'm, I'm ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of Almighty. You know, there's a song we sing sometimes, isn't there? And it's, a, who am I that you are mindful of me? I find that a, a, so real, that song. Because who am I? When I come before the Almighty God, and I come in my worship, in my simple way, trying to honor him, trying to re reflect in my words and my adoration of who he is and what he's done in my life. Who am I? That you are mindful of me, yet you love me. Yet you love me. And I think you see that in this passage and, and with all Isaiah's failings that he felt, he, he encounters God and and then a coal is brought from the altar of sacrifice and it touches his lips to bring cleansing to him. You know, when we encounter God, don't be surprised if God begins to touch our lives and it starts to shape us and change us and, and we're never the same again. We're never the same again. And as a response to that, you get to verse 8 and he says, God... God's speaking, uh, and God says, well, who's, who am I going to send? Who will go for us? You know, and if Isaiah was in, had remained where he was at the beginning of the chapter, he said, well, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I might as well sit down. But he'd been touched from the coal off the altar, and it changed everything. And he sensed God's hand on his life, and he said, hmm. Here I am, send me. Recognizing that he couldn't do it all in his own strength, but God with him, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's not lose out on the journey by feeling we're crushed down because we sometimes don't make the mark. We sometimes think we're a bit of a failure, maybe even in this whole area of honesty and integrity. Why don't the musicians come back? See, I believe God will start a process in us as we encounter him. Ultimately, there will come a response that is needed from us. The Apostle Paul, I think, would encourage us this morning in Galatians 5.16. He says, so I say, walk in the Spirit. Walk in that encounter. Walk with that knowledge that God is with you. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That, that challenge, that tussle that we have, you will find that there's a new strength in you to live that out rightly with honesty and integrity. Song we sang earlier. Let us become more aware of your presence. When we started this series, we started with the whole thought of encounter. And we said, if we don't get this right, we're going to struggle with the whole issues with regard to integrity and righteousness when it comes to finance and all the stuff according to life. 
And here we are now, coming towards the end of this series, and we're talking about it again. We need that encounter. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. But maybe, if you need it, you might not need it, because it's maybe been a bit heavy this morning in some ways, but I hope we've seen that with God's help, there's a journey through these struggles that will take us through to a better place, to a blessed place, to a place where we know and are amazed at the favor of God on our lives. But if you need some questions to ask yourself, if you're not quite sure, I'll chuck three questions at you that you can ponder on at a later time. Number one, what I would call honesty and integrity checks. Are you consistently the same person no matter who you're with, whether private or in public? Number two, the choices that we make. Do we make those choices that are best for others or really that will benefit us? And number three, are we quick to recognize and acknowledge others their efforts that have contributed to any success that we may find i tell you if we get those right we'll be on a good journey when it comes to integrity and honesty father we thank you for your word we thank you for your presence here in this place today we thank you that wherever we are right now you want to take us a little bit further into the blessing and favor that you have in store for us already as your children Lord, we know and we recognize and we've reflected on it throughout this morning that there are days of challenge, there are days of discomfort, there are issues that we face, there are days when we just do not know where to turn. And Lord, we want to be a people who in those moments are able to react in a way that is honorable to you because we know that you are faithful. You are the God who was and is and is to come. You are the one who does not change. And we just want to put ourselves in your hands again. And we want to keep encountering you and keep asking you, Holy Spirit, would you come and keep shaping us and molding us and prompting us and guiding us and helping us and encouraging us on this journey and this walk of integrity and honesty. That, Lord, we would truly be recognized in this world as a people of a different spirit, of an excellent spirit that brings honor and glory to you. Amen.